is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show on a Giving Tuesday, presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, as always. And I tell you every every week on this show, the advocates care about their communities. They are working with the road home to provide the unsheltered community, those without a place to live, those that live in the conditions outside. It is 29 degrees in the great state of Utah this morning. And there are people right now that don't have shelter. They need things like hats, gloves, jackets, socks. On Giving Tuesday, Let's give to the advocates on Venmo, advocates donations, advocates donations, a dollar, five dollars. If it's in your heart and in your wallet, we appreciate you donating. All I ask you on Venmo is put in the memo section, the Monty show. They'll know exactly what it's for. Uh, Jen Young and the folks over at the advocates uh, expect um, that when they see the Monty show that we're talking about the road home and we're talking about them working in the community in the, in the memo section on Venmo advocates, donations on Venmo in the memo section, put the Monty show, send Jake a screenshot S L C Jake. Yes. I am the gatekeeper, the one and only S L C Jake, send Jake a screenshot that you sent the advocates of Venmo. You'll be entered to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. <laughs> We are just six days away from th- uh, from Thanksgiving, Bro. from Christmas. Yes. We are six days away from Christmas, friends. And let's make it a Merry Christmas for you and your family. We'll give you a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, when you donate to the advocates, we'll pick one coming up in about 90 minutes. Then, of course, we'll give you another one here on Giving Tuesday for the uh, good people at Bucked Up, BuckedUp.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Show us you're bucked up. Show us that you're rocking a a bucked up energy. Show us that you've got a buck shot this morning. Oh, I know. Go place an order at buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to save 20% off. Send Jake your screenshots of your order. Send Jake your interaction with bucked up, that you have a buck shot, that you have a, a, a collagen peptides. Whatever it is, send it to Jake. And in about 90 minutes, we'll give away another $100 Amazon gift card here on Giving Tuesday uh, to make it a very Merry Christmas for you. Shout out to everybody who's in early this morning. Uh, Maury Alvarez, first one in today. Uh, Maury, always good to see you, my great Floridian. Sean Rollins in this morning. Jay Chapman in this morning. OG Gary in this morning. Dakota Tubbs in this morning. How about Missouri in the transfer portal, Dakota Tubbs? See, in in this great state of Missouri, you have kind of a a double-edged sword here. The Chiefs and Kadarius Toney, and then you've got Missouri dominating in the portal, (laughs) coming off of one of the best years in recent memory. Life is good. And we are underway early on Giving Tuesday. Although my wife and I are not targeted audience, what do you mean? Uh, Is we are on the back nine of life. We love your show and appreciate all the work you do. Jake, your goal is to watch all three of the Godfather series. Merry Christmas. Oh, we appreciate you. <laughs> well Cleveland, done, bro. Cleveland, you are, are exactly who we want. 
Well done. In dude. our audience. We appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Cleveland Rocks, for getting us off we, to a great we start. We already have a video entry being sent to me, so we're off to a fast start. Oh, boy. Start. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's get to work uh, because, as you know, the college football playoff is also just 10 days away. Uh, and I think the big question is Michigan versus Alabama. And a lot of people are talking about the Michigan Wolverines and their ability to beat the Crimson Tide and what it means. And I've told you all along that I do not believe in the quarterback at Michigan. I do not believe that Free Harbaugh is a great big game quarterback. I'll never say his name again. I think the guy's a complete fraud. But J.J. McCarthy is a guy that I've leaned on hard this year. I just don't think he's a big-time quarterback in college football. And finally, some validation of that, as Big Ten coaches have been talking to uh, the athletic. And here is what they are saying, that J.J. McCarthy, free Harbaugh, if you will, is a product of the sign-stealing operation mm. and that his numbers have declined precipitously since the sign-stealing operation came to light and since Free Harbaugh um, was, you know, a product of that system that he benefited greatly. Uh, one coach says, it does make me wonder... Uh, going into our game, I thought he was among the best in the country. Afterward, I didn't think the same. Once all that stuff happened, he just didn't look the same. I don't know if he's hurt. I thought he was a Heisman candidate. Heisman quarterbacks don't only throw eight passes in a game. I think before he was ready for it, he was confident. And that is my point. When sign stealer guy got exposed in, in Ann Arbor, free Harbaugh went down the tubes. And I don't think it is too strong to say this is the best illustration of how sign-stealing benefited the Michigan Wolverines. And I look at, at Free Harbaugh, again, Jake, I don't think he's a big-game quarterback, and I do think he is a reason um, when you look at a statement like this mm -hmm. and you look at coaches who have played against Michigan, I do believe in my heart of hearts that Free Harbaugh is a reason they can't beat Alabama. Absolutely, I, I I think that the 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 thing that no one talks about when you steal signs and you 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 know you cheat your way to performance, the thing that nobody wants to talk about is the fact that that you're not actually beating teams in a genuine way. So you didn't beat any of these teams because you just executed better, right? Like you know, hey, we just ran better plays. We, we executed to a higher level. You know, I studied the film. I knew where I could put the ball and where I couldn't. That's not why you beat these teams. You beat them because you knew where the defender was going to be in the moment. You were being told, hey, he's going to be on the 20-yard at the hash, so don't throw it there. Throw it somewhere else. That's the difference. And, and I think when we look at true Heisman Trophy caliber quarterbacks they don't need that help and I think that's the difference is that guys like Michael Penix Jr. and you know Bo Nix and you know Daniels at LSU and and, and Jalen Milrow for that matter those dudes don't need help those dudes don't need to be told where the defense is going because they know too the difference is is they studied the film they put the time in they understand what the scheme is against them and I think that's the hard part for Michigan if you come out and you get let's let's say you get boat race. Let's say it's, you know, 35 to 10 right. or something. 35 to 14. That's going to be a really bad look. 
that's going to be a situation where we're, we're, I'm left sitting here when we get back after the break saying, hey, dude, like you guys got dominated. You look like you stole signs, and then we're not able to prepare at a high enough level to compete with an SEC caliber team. And that's what will really bother me. Now, if you make it competitive and you lose a close game, then I think, you know, you can say, hey, we told you so. We're that good. We just weren't better than Nick Saban on that given day, but we played a hell of a game. So, yeah, I do think there's a lot on the line for Michigan. I do think J.J. McCarthy uh, is trying to save face in this game. I do think that he's got to make sure he upholds his reputation as a great quarterback because if you come out and you throw whatever that stat was you just had, you know, 10 attempts or whatever it was. Eight, like, it's eight seven attempts, of eight. Like, he, 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 it, and obviously it was Penn State. Uh, you know, happy ending Valley where he was seven of eight for 60 yards. I mean, that that's to me, that's not being a, a national championship caliber no. quarterback. It just is not. And, I, you know, you look at his numbers in the second half of the season. I mean, obviously, the Purdue game was his highlight in the second half of the season. Uh, November 4th, 24, 37, 335, no scores. Um, but, you know, four rushes, minus 31 yards. Not a dual-threat quarterback, in my opinion. The very next week, you turn around and go 7 of 8 against Penn State, 12 of 23 against Maryland, 16 of 20 and a touchdown against – and I think Ohio State was his best game. 16 of 20, 148 and a touchdown, ran four times for 17 yards. Um, you win 30 to 24. Um, obviously, 22 of 30 for 147 yards is not ideal in the, the Big Ten championship game. Um, when you go 22 of 30 and it's uh, 147 yards on 30 attempts, 30 attempts, 147 and, yards. And look, I'm here for, hey, you know, we're Michigan, you know, we're big up front, obviously Corum in the backfield, like we can run right. the football, like I'm here for that. But, but, but here's the side effect of that, that you can't get away from on the stat sheet. If you're a prolific running team, your quarterback should have less attempts and more yards per, per attempt. Completely Things should agree. be opened up. The linebackers should be much closer to the line of scrimmage. You should be able to run option or play action to get your receivers open 15 to 20 yards down the field in front of the safeties and behind the linebackers. So the idea that this guy in the Big Ten championship game against uh, against a mediocre team is out here you know, taking 30 attempts and having 170 yards like that's not that tells me you're not there's no prolific passer here. Like I'm I'm not I, I'm not hinging this opinion on the number of attempts, but more so what you're doing with those attempts. I mean, we have games where where guys, you know, are only taking 21, 23 passes, yeah. much like he is, but they're throwing for like 250, 270 because their team is running the football. So that's why I say I'm telling you, there's a lot at risk in this Alabama game. It's much more than the college football playoff. It is very much, and and I think it's for Alabama too. Like, you, you if you think that Nick Saban isn't out here telling his team, hey, it's our job to shut these guys up. It's our job to prove a point against Michigan. It's our job to show the world why we are the best team in the country in this game. If you think he's not saying that, you're out of your mind. Well, and the fact that they're plus two and a half, yeah, uh, which to is Michigan is, is wild to me. Um, and, I, you know, listen, I think Michigan's a very good football team. We can sit here all day long and talk about, you know, stealing signs. And that's a really good defense at Michigan. They are they operated very high level. Um, they're very talented defensively. 
I am not a believer in Blake Corum. I am not a believer in Free Harbaugh. But but I'm not I, I'm not a believer that Michigan's defense is better than Georgia's defense. Frankly, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. Hey, you like again, Michigan dominated the Big Ten, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Sign stealing or not, right? You, yes, you dominated the Big Ten. You had a great year. Okay, awesome, man. Now we're playing real football. We're not we're not playing Big Ten football anymore. We're we're playing national championship caliber football. And at some point, we have to sit here and be like, hey, yeah, you do have a good defense, but I'm not sure how you stack up against the SEC. Well, I also think you look at the the quarterbacks in this game, and I think Jalen Milrow has had big performance after big performance, and obviously he his path to those big performances was very different than free Harbaugh's. I mean, he free Harbaugh had a, a run through the season, um, you know, and, and I think Jalen had to get that job, lose that job and re-earn the respect of his teammates and coaches, which he did. Yeah, he battled. Um, but that doesn't dismiss the fact that, you know, he came back and I think through one of the greatest passes in Alabama football history in the iron bowl this year. Um, and I think had multiple, multiple big performances. I, I remind you, he also ran for 107 yards in the Auburn game, 259 and uh, 16 and 24, 259 and two touchdowns uh, in the Auburn game. And, and I think you look at what he did in a lot of these big games, they counted on Jalen Milrow and he came through. And I think it, it is it is a very big difference when you're playing in the SEC against Georgia, Auburn, LSU, where he's 15 and 23 for 219 yards. And he also runs 20 times for 155 yards and four scores. Like Jalen Milrow put up big performances in big games. You can't say the same thing on uh, uh, for Free Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge difference in this game. You've got to find a way. And again, this is just my opinion. If you're Michigan, you've got to find a way to have Free Harbaugh have a 300-yard passing game against arguably the best defense he's seen in, in Alabama, and it just doesn't feel likely to me. It doesn't feel like when I compare these two that I would agree with you. I think Michigan's defense is good. It's not on par with Alabama's defense. Now, does that mean that Jalen Milrow is going to have a million yards? It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that in any way, shape, or form. This Michigan defense is very, very good. My question is, who can score points? And I don't see Free Harbaugh and and Little Balake in the backfield doing the job that needs to be done against a very good Alabama defense. And I, I don't trust, honestly, I, I don't trust that that Harbaugh and company can come up with a scheme that that both is is good enough to beat Alabama just on a surface level, but also puts your guys in the best position to perform. Because to beat Alabama, what do you have to do? Well, you got to be able to throw it all over the field around that defense because they're not going to let you run the football. That, I mean, that's just you you can just put that down. They're, they're not going to sit here and let you run the football in this game. It's going to be on J.J. to to hit his guys down the field. I mean, because that's what I saw against Georgia. Right. And, and that's what really concerns me. I'm I'm frankly past the whole, hey, Michigan sucks or dirtbag program. Great. I've accepted all that. That's just who you are. Right. You're a dog with fleas. It is what it is. Yeah. But 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 what you're not and what I don't know about you is, OK, have you this one time, even one time this year, has Michigan ever been the second team on the field? Have you ever been the lesser team? 
Yeah. Because I don't think you have. You were not the lesser team against Ohio State, right? Obviously, you weren't the lesser team against Penn State. You certainly weren't the lesser team against Iowa, right? Like, so you haven't been on a field in a game situation as as the lesser team. Hey, dude, we're third and eight. We've gone three and out, three possessions in a row, and we we're down ten. What do we do? I just I I just don't know. I don't know what it will take for Michigan to win this game offensively. Is this a 35-point win? Is this a 40-point win? Is this a 21-point win? I mean, with the qualities of these two defenses, I have trouble believing both these teams are going to score 30 points. And I, I look at I look at big game experience. I mean, Free Harbaugh's been to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, now they lost. Probably, arguably, his best performance of his career was last year against TCU, and they lost mm-hmm. fifty-one to forty-five, if memory serves. And what everyone universally agrees was that first game where you didn't have the benefit of sign stealing. I think that's a very interesting point. I, I don't know. I, I think JJ is capable. I just don't know that this Michigan team has the horses to get the job done offensively. That's my single biggest question. I am never going to question this Michigan defense. I think they're very good. And I'll just continue to say I think they're very good. My struggle has been and will always be, have they seen the caliber of defense that they will see in the playoff? And my answer is I don't believe they have. I think they are going to see the best teams by far that they have seen. It's what I ask about about Texas and Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I think Washington has seen very good defenses. I don't know that they've seen the athletes that Texas has. I would agree with that. And I think you look at Oregon, maybe Oregon was was a bit fraudulent this year. Uh, I mean, you don't beat Oregon twice in a season and be mid. That Washington team is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the difference between Oregon and Texas is twofold. I mean, obviously, Texas has better athletes than Oregon. I, I think we agree. all agree with that, like you just said. But I think the other thing that Texas is doing is, is they're just executing at an extremely high level. I, I mean... Again, I know it was, with all due respect, I'm not trying to piss off, you know, Stillwater here, but I know it was <laughs> Oklahoma State, right? Like, Oklahoma State is not one of the best teams in the country. They're a good team. They're in the Big 12 championship mm-hmm. game. Give them respect. But Texas is clearly a cut above them without question. And so when I look at Texas and Oregon in terms of what Washington's seen, yeah, I think Texas is better than Oregon. I think I think – uh, Quinn Ewers in the heat of the moment is just as good as Bo Nix. I, I think they make great decisions. They both can run it like, okay, great. They're they're Let's just call that even. But where they're not even is execution, play calling. Yeah. Hey, you know, we need to get three yards here and we're on our own, you know, 25. What are we calling? And they just find a way to get that job done. And Oregon was not able to do that against Washington's defense. So Washington's defense, I- I'm curious. You were you did that to Oregon. Does that mean that you're you're gonna hold Texas down a little bit? I don't know. That's what remains to be seen. But I can tell you this, I have way more confidence that Texas and Washington is going to be a close game. And I have way more confidence that Alabama and Michigan is not. And I think Michigan or Alabama is going to lay it on them. And I think we're going to be talking about how hey Jim Harbaugh got run out of Ann Arbor and JJ McCarthy should have never been in the Heisman conversation. 
That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how this whole thing plays out. And, you know, let's let's get into the comments section here on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at uh, BuckedUp.com, the official energy drink of the Monty program. Hey, Monty. You know, every day we hit a buckshot on the show. Today we're giving – I'm sorry. Every day on the show, uh, we hit Jake in the nuts with a Bucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Buckshot's just the best product I use every day. That That's the best way that I can put it. Uh, I look at what Bucked Up does with Buckshot, and I tell you every single day, it's elite ingredients to make an elite product that does exactly what they tell you it, it does. And that is it gives you a mental lift. It's not some huge spike and then a huge crash. That doesn't exist at Bucked Up because it's 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine from green tea leaf extract. And what that means is you don't feel some huge spike, but it's, you know, it's 620 in the morning in Los Angeles and you're dragging ass and maybe you're tired. You're sitting in traffic and the 405's locked up and you're like, damn, dude, I'm struggling. Hit a buckshot. You're in about 20 minutes. You're going to feel a nice mental lift. If you're in New York city right now, it's 920 in the morning and you're trying to get through that first meeting and they gave you donuts. First thing, when you walked in the door, Maybe you're a little hungover from last night. Hit a buckshot because one of the best things that buckshot does, it opens up that the, the vessels, the blood flow in your brain because it's got B12 in it. So you feel a lot more clarity when you're hungover, when you have a headache, when you are having a carb crash. So hit it right now. Join me. Blue Raz, best flavor in the business, in my opinion. Cheers to you. I think I've hit it every time. Well, there's no doubt I've hit it every time. There's no doubt about that. Now, friends, you know if you have Buckshot in your hand right now, snap a picture, send it to Jake. You could win a $100 Amazon gift card because today it's Giving Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we want you to have the best Christmas possible. We believe in taking care of the people who take care of us. All of our friends at Bucked Up take care of us. We want to take care of you. Show us you're using Buckshot. Show us you're using a Bucked Up product. Show us that you went to buckedup.com and let's say, I don't know, you click the link in the description below and you got six free buck shots. Boom. Look at that right there. That's in the description below. They'll send six free right to your front door. Show us a screenshot of that order. You'll be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card on Giving Tuesday. And we already have an entry. So I need to send you the second half. Of our guy Maury's entry. So let's play the video. Let's play the video. The second half. Yeah. Got my uh, already go, ready to go to the parks today. Already made $53 there. And it's Friday. I got my bucked up. I'm ready for a happening day. You guys are going to come along and join us. We're going to have an amazing day. Going to take this guy and its buddies all over the world. At Disney Animal Kingdom. Way to go. Come along for the journey of the bus.
Hudson. This, dude, this, this, this gonna this be is, tough to beat. Dude. I gotta tell the I gotta tell you the, the editing power that Maury Alvarez, our great Floridian, put into this. Yeah, first of all, the Christmas music underneath. Well done. Well done. Second of all, uh, you know, the fades and the sliding screens. No, no. First of all, Tri-Day Trading and Buckshot. And Bucked Up Rabbit. And, and I sent you a picture. He has checked the box for the advocates as well. He has checked the box for the advocates yes, as well. he has. donated to the advocates this morning, Maury. Damn, Maury. You are the man, dude. Damn, Maury. It is gonna. It is going to be tough. You guys, you're going to have to, you're going to have to really go out of your way. To win this one, Maury with the editing and the $25 donation to the advocates. Boy, I think Maury Alvarez has a lead already. By the way, can I just point this out? Any questions that Tri-Day Trading works? Any questions? No. My guy Maury's been in it for a week and in the video said, hey man, I just made 300 bucks. I'm heading out for the day to go to Disney World with my family. Come on, I dude. told you at Tri-Day Trading, they put you into their trading simulator right away. So you're making mistakes and you're making money yes. right away. You're learning as you, I'm telling you guys. I'm for real. I'm telling you. Maury's living proof of that. I, I think, yeah. Mike Smith, Maury with the trifecta. Yeah, Harry dude. Austin, crown him. It's over. It's over, dog. Giggity damn. Maury doesn't mess around. Yeah, dude. Mike Smith is shake games on point. So don't even think about messing with me. Tanner Plummer, I could use a bucked up after the BS I had to go through last night. What BS was that, dude? Well, he's talking about his uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Jalen's no longer the top quarterback in the league, and he's he's definitely behind some other guys now. Well, and we're going to talk about that yeah. coming up here Come in about now. 30 minutes. Matt Patricia is not the problem, and the Philadelphia Eagle fans that are blaming Matt Patricia, defense was not the issue last night. <laughs> If you can't score enough points to beat Seattle, and I know it's in Seattle, dude, that's not the problem. Yeah. That is that is not, trust me when I say, that is not the problem. Uh, let's see, DK coming in. Donate to the advocates. Who doesn't think that the Sugar Bowl is going to be 75% Longhorn fans? Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to be. It's, it's There's no question it's a road game for Washington. Yeah, there's I don't no think. I don't think there is any doubt that it is it is a road game. Yeah, I think that's exactly the right way to put it, that it, it, it's a road game, dude. And I think it's going to be a very tough road to hoe. Uh, where are you guys at on Michigan? Don't forget it's Giving Tuesday. So, again, I think Maury's probably running away with bucked now, up. Now, we have – yeah, no, I agree. And I was going to say, I, I think Maury's got this locked up. Now, again, we haven't heard from Gary yet this morning, who is a prolific video creator. So maybe we get something crazy. I don't know. But is that what this is? Is that what this has come down to now? Oh, there's no question with bucked up. It's a it's a video contest. There's no doubt. If you're not making video on the bucked up thing, you're probably not winning. I I would probably unless agree with you've that. got like a bucked up in London or like some wild place where you can take a picture that nobody else could recreate. Yeah, if you're standing on top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you would need something way or out Or the there. Stifle Tower. The Stifle Tower, yeah. You know. Right. Uh, I think we're in a position now where Maury, I agree with Mike Smith. I agree with Harry Austin. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not going to crown you yet. We got about 90 or an hour to go now, but I would say. Big boy lead, dude. Big boy lead. That's a big boy lead. Yeah, old Greg. Uh, definitely give it to Maury or he deserves his own for having almost all the sponsors. I mean, maybe that's a Maury. We're going to give you a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. I, yeah. I don't, I think you've earned it. OG Gary says bet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yep. Bet. Yep. I love it. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. There's no doubt. 
Uh, Brandon Butler, uh, Washington has a definite chance of Longhorns. One weakness is at corner and wide receivers a strength for the Huskies. I would agree with that. Well, um, you've got the quarterback to, to, to beat speed in the secondary. That's the thing for Washington. Like Michael Penix can out throw the coverage. And that's what I think the Longhorns haven't quite seen yet in the, in the big 12. Like I would agree about, with that. Yeah. Think about the Oklahoma game, right? Red river rivalry. Dylan Gabriel can out throw the coverage. Can somebody explain to me why on earth we have two transfer quarterbacks going to Oregon? I do. Uh, it's a Dante great Moore and Dylan Gabriel. Is Dante Moore going to sit a year? Because you can't tell me Dylan Gabriel's not the starter there. I mean, am I am I completely I, uh, wrong did about Dan that? Landing say, hey, you guys are going to have to compete. I doubt that. I doubt that because Dante Moore's been behind Dylan Gabriel, right? Like Dylan Gabriel transferred there before Dante. So that tells me Dylan Gabriel and Dan Landing have been having conversations before Dante Moore was even in the conversation. And you can't tell me that Dante Moore was a surprise to Dylan Gabriel. I have to believe that Dylan Gabriel knew Dante Moore was coming. Hey, maybe maybe Dante Moore just loves the Oregon brand. I mean, that's the beauty of the transfer portal. Guys transfer for different reasons. So so maybe Dante Moore saying, hey, let me sit behind a guy that was in the Heisman conversation the first part of the year. Let me learn from him. Let me let me learn this system of yeah. Dan Lanning. And then I'll go out for two more years after this and dominate. And hey, maybe that's the path. Yep, I agree. All right, your thoughts on Michigan are welcome. Um, let's go back to the top because I know there were a lot of oh, people. Oh, is that the Wasikowski here today? Yeah, Eric hey. Wasikowski, Plymouth Canton. What's up? Uh, can't wait to see another meltdown like last night when you eat your words again. Go blue, go Big Ten. How did I eat my words? Yeah, last how did night? how did he eat his words? Can can you explain that, dude? Well, I took Jalen Hurts. I got my ass kicked on prize picks last night. Holy so cow. so last night, yeah, really quick, quick sidebar. Last night, I take Jalen Hurts for less than 32 and a half passing attempts. He had 31. Okay, great. You think Braun came through on an easy 27 no, point but, number? Why, but why didn't no. he come through? No, he because didn't. Anthony Davis was absolutely dominant last night. Jag. Dominant. Uh Christopher Shannon, what's up? Uh, J.J. Free Harbaugh uh, will not be enough to beat Alabama. Michigan doesn't have good wide receivers, not an explosive offense. And that's that's my point. They need, they need big plays, big, big plays from guys like Blake. And, and I keep saying his name correctly. My bad. Balake Corum. Yeah, Balake. Uh, I think that's a tough one. Joseph Harper says, good morning. Tanner says, uh, Bama's winning. Next topic. Well, I don't think it's going to be that easy. Matt Ritson. Morning, Jake and Monty. Matt, good morning up, to Matt? you. Lopes fan, Gabe. Lopes up. Like button casuals. Um, uh, Christopher Shannon says, yeah, that's the Penn State coaching staff saying that. I think it is. I, I would agree with that. Uh, Joseph Harper says, must have been the Penn State coach because that's the game he threw eight times. Yep. I would agree with that. Uh, Ferris Khan says, free Harbaugh has running highlight reel just as long as Milrow. His passing highlight reel is better. It is not better. No. And we can sit here and I, I'm happy to argue it. I am happy to argue it. I look at I look at Free Harbaugh and I say to myself, look at his strength of schedule. And then compare that to Jalen Milrow. And I just think your point about the path. Uh, again, I can't emphasize this enough. Jalen Milrow has been to hell and back, dude. Jalen Milrow lost his job, then got his job back. Now has taken that thing by the horns. Like, right. like then led his team to an SEC championship. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, let's take a step back. If I put it to you this way, hey, the Big Ten champion 
is playing the SEC champion, dude. Who you got to win that game? Yeah, you're taking the SEC. I think so. I absolutely and, and, think and I so. Just, I just think it's... Look, if if Michigan and Free Harbaugh come out and dominate Alabama, I will eat crow when we come back. I'll say, hey, all due respect, yeah. you guys had a hell of a game. You're way better than I thought you were. But I'm not giving you credit until that happens because I think you played an easy schedule in the Big Ten. I'm, I, I, I'm but, not... What, Ferris Khan, again, to your point, which is why I interrupt you, Alabama gave up 10 points to an 8-5 and five SCS team that has a mascot that is a shoe. Michigan averaged fewer points on defense. Who? Strength Dude, of schedule is a major. De- I look at the, I look at the SEC, and I don't. I, don't I, I mean, I guess it could be an argument. I think the defense in the SEC is the best defensive conference in the country. I, I think you look at Georgia and Alabama; they are miles ahead, miles ahead of Michigan, in my opinion. I look at Texas A and M. Texas A and M is a very good defense. I look at the the. The completion percentage, Alabama's only given up 59%. Um, I look at their, you're only getting 124 yards a game uh, on on Alabama on the ground. That's fifth in the SEC. Um, you look at the, the ability. Um, I, I just don't see how, and again, I, I, I'm happy to be wrong about this if I am wrong. But when, when I look at the, the touchdowns per game, Georgia and Alabama are giving up one passing touchdown a game. I said one a game. Against the SEC. In college football, you should you should wake up and have 21 points on the board. And you're like, well, because they're not good against the run. Oh, contraire, mon frere, they're also giving up one rushing touchdown a game. Hey, that's a grand total of two touchdowns a game that Georgia and Alabama give up. Like, what are we even talking about? The dynasty is not over. Against really good competition. And that's the thing that you, you can't get away from. You look at Bama and you you look at their you look at their game log, dude. Their their competition is twice as good at least to what Michigan faced. Yes. Twice because I, I still maintain that that the the fighting paternos are very mid, yes. very with, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a prolific offense. I I think Ohio state with Lloyd Carr as your head coach, and now you're changing quarterbacks. This was not the best <laughs> version of the Ohio state that we've ever seen. I think you, you, this was an exceptionally, exceptionally soft schedule in the big 10. So I'm saying Michigan, Michigan fan, dude, I, I, I look, man, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and spend a half hour arguing with you about why the SEC schedule is better than the Big Ten schedule. I, I, we're not the only ones who say that. It's a well accepted fact. Like it, it just it just is what it is. And if you're so damn good, then prove it. Then prove it. Well, you're you, we're we're, you, we're gonna be right or wrong. I, I think I was looking at this game last night and I I, I do believe that it is a it is a 31-10 kind of game for Alabama. Because I think Alabama's offense, their wide receivers truly emerged. I think Jalen Milrow turned into a Heisman candidate late in the season. Um, I think he has matured against really good defenses. And I, I just don't see explosiveness um, in, the, in the, the offense at Michigan. And, you know, for me, 
That's the thing that I struggle with. Look, I, look. I I respect the defense at Michigan. I cannot see the points being scored against Alabama's defense. Dude, Al, look at what Alabama's defense did against Georgia's rushing game. Dude, you held Kendall Milton to 3.2 yards per carry? What? Like, yeah. like Brock Bowers had 53 yards the entire game? Like, the, like I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't know. I I am rarely the guy that that goes way out and says this is definitely going to happen, but I'm I agree. It, it should be thirty points from for Alabama, and Michigan's going to be chasing them the whole time. The only way that Alabama gets in trouble in this game is if you turn the football over. If you give Michigan, let's call it three extra possessions that they shouldn't have had, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah, that's how you lose this game. But if Alabama does what they do, and I would suspect that they'll come out and, and road grade you early. They'll try to run it right down your throat and see what you do about it. If you allow them to do that, this game is done. I, the, it just is. Uh, the, the better offenses in the country, not the elites, the better offenses in the country put up 400 yards. I look at Michigan's offense against, and, and I'm here for the argument if you think that Michigan's some kind of great you know, offense against really elite defenses. I, I don't know how you make that argument. Michigan's offense is not first or second in the Big Ten. It's not third or fourth in the Big Ten. It's fifth in the Big Ten at 380 yards per game. And you start looking at things like like passing yards a game. Here's where it gets really scary. You're behind Illinois. You're averaging 218 yards. And uh, I'd also point out to you that that's fourth in the Big Ten. Here's here's the other problem. You look at the SEC, um, you would be near the bottom, um, You uh, which is remarkable because let's start talking about yards per game passing in the SEC. Um, and you start asking yourself, well, where is Alabama? Alabama's at 228 yards, and that is not near the top, right? That is sixth, eight, ninth in the SEC, ninth. So you would be 11th in the SEC in passing yards a game. Nice. Dude. Let that sink in. That's how good the defense is. That's how good the offense is. And if you want to start looking at yards a game, uh, offensively, LSU leads the SEC uh, at 548 yards a game. Kiss my butt. Georgia second at 482, Old Miss 455, Tennessee 453, Missouri 442, Alabama at 401 yards a game in total offense, yards per game, my friends. Y'all want to play. Is not even in the top half of the SEC. And you're behind them. And then you want to tell me that your savior, J.J. McCarthy, is going to come out here in this game and average, you know, 25 attempts for the game? And you think that's going to mm. be good enough? But it's here's, not going to be. But here's the other problem. Those Alabama offensive numbers, you're like, see, they're terrible. Okay, well, the problem is they're third in points a game in the SEC. 46 for LSU, 38 for Georgia, 35 uh, points a game for Bama. And I'd remind you, they beat Georgia and they beat LSU so because my, their defense is that good. So my point is, dude, Nick Saban's a better man than you are. 
he builds his schemes to beat specific defenses. He's not running. He's not like these other guys. He's not running a general, a more generalized scheme and changing a little thing here or there based on the defense he's playing. He's running a specific strategy, a specific, you know, game plan to beat your defense, which is why you see a little bit lower attempts for Jalen Milrow, Mm. but they're still scoring 35 a game because they can run the damn football on anybody, including you. Cherry picking stats. You can do that on both teams. I'm not cherry picking stats. I'm painting a picture of what this matchup's going to be. I'm not cherry picking completion percentages or we're looking at points a game because it paints a relevant picture. Michigan fans have told us for a week now that Alabama's defense and their offense and Alabama is third in the SEC in scoring and the two teams in front of them, they beat them both and outscored them both in shootouts and their defense was better than the best offenses. That tells you that Alabama's defense is really, really good and they got exponentially better as the season went on. Michigan did not get better. Free Harbaugh got exponentially worse as the season went on, especially after the sign stealing scandal broke, you, you, the, we we can I'm go. I'm telling you, Michigan fan drinks the Kool Aid, dude. You guys think that you are the best in the country, and I respect that. You wouldn't be a fan if you didn't, right? But at the <laughs> same time, let's not be ignorant. Let's not be just so blind to it. Cool. You think you're going to win the game? I would expect you to think that. I'm not surprised by that take. That's fine. I'm not even mad with you about that take. But what I can't do is, oh, man, you guys are just cherry-picking stats, and you guys hate Michigan, and you know what it is, dude? I don't respect Michigan. I don't respect the schedule you've played. I don't respect the fact that, yeah, sure, you've won a soft-ass Big Ten, but you couldn't beat TCU last year? And you expect me to think you're going to beat Alabama this year? And Ferris Khan, Michigan gave up about half of the points per game that Alabama did. But look at the – this is where strength of schedule comes in. What is strength of, I mean, you, you quite literally had two, really, you had two games. Yeah. You played Iowa and you want to talk about giving up point Iowa. I don't believe, and I could be wrong. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong about this. I don't believe Iowa ran an offensive play in the big 10 championship game. I think they punted first down. They punted on first down every possession, go back and check the play-by-play in the game log. But I think that's what happened. With all due respect. Are you really telling me that who did Bama play late in the year? Like Chattanooga could Iowa beat Chattanooga. I'm yeah. not quite certain that they could uh, uh, come on now. Uh, I remind you, Alabama ran up the stats again in eight and five guy. Are you kidding me? Did you see the schedule Alabama played the last six weeks of the season? See, this is what I mean. This Tennessee, I mean. LSU at Kentucky, Chattanooga at Auburn. And then the sec championship game, against the best team in the country, Georgia. And you're trying to a Michigan guy is telling me that 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 Alabama didn't play anybody? You got real nerve, dude. Are you serious? Are you serious? You want to talk about not playing anybody? Because it's garbage. What do you mean? Here's Michigan's schedule. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Okay, so those three right there are non-competitive and Mm. Rutgers, do you f- tell me the good team? You let me know. This is Michigan's schedule from one down to the end. You tell me the competitive team here: East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. 
I'd remind you, Indiana one and eight, Michigan two or Michigan State two and seven, Rutgers three and six. And you're telling me that Alabama didn't play anybody? Are are you out of your mind? Do you realize Indiana won three games the entire year? Do you realize that Michigan State was four and eight? Rutgers was six and six, Minnesota five and seven. And and you're trying to make the uh, Purdue was flipping four and eight. And you're trying to make the argument Alabama ran their stats up against shitty FCS teams. What did Michigan do all year? (laughs) Are you kidding me? You're making the argument that Alabama didn't play anybody. Get out of here. Come on, Ferris. You're better than that. You've been here for a minute now. You're better than that. Please. That that's wild to me. And you're going to run out Michigan 9.43 points per, uh, per, per game. Come on, man. Like, please. Boston Mapes, 28, 24, Michigan, Michigan's ranked number one. So at least some non-fans think they're the best, but you at least admit it's personal. So respect. It's not personal to me. I'm not making it personal. I haven't one time talked about what a jagoff Jim Harbaugh is, even though he is, that they cheated all year, even though they did, and they admit it, and that he self-suspended himself six games, even though he did. No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about on the field. And I, I give a lot of respect to Michigan's defense. Their offense is, in my opinion, is the problem, not their defense. I just, yeah. Stephen Keel, you call Penn State mid, but Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky, but you're right. Okay, let's talk about Penn State. I'm happy to talk about Penn State. Man, dude. You want to talk about Penn State? Penn State played West Virginia. 38-15, good win, but West Virginia was terrible early in the season. Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, (laughs) Northwestern, and UMass. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Do you guys understand that UMass, as a football team, was three and nine? Um, and their wins were New Mexico State, Army, and Merrimack. Bro, how many losses in a row is that on their schedule? Auburn, Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan, New Mexico, Arkansas State, Toledo, and Penn State, all in a row. What is that, eight in a row you lost? All like seven in a row, and then two in a row to Liberty and UConn. You were three and nine. They didn't. Do you understand that Penn State? Penn State did not play a game of significance until Ohio State, mm-hmm. and they lost. And I'd remind you that was at the shoe twenty to twelve. Then they beat Indiana, who again three and nine. Then they beat Maryland. Seven and five, a bowl team. That's a good win. Then you lost to Michigan at home, 24 to 15. Finished with a win over a a six and six Rutgers team and a four and eight Michigan State team. And I'm supposed to believe that Penn State is somehow a world beater? Come on. Are we really defending the Big Ten? Is that what we're doing this morning? The Big Ten was horrendous again. You know. And you're adding, you're adding four teams that should change that. But this, this stop with this idea that somehow the Big Ten's even a serviceable conference. It's one of the worst football conferences in the country. Not close. And Penn State is not a good football team. And if you want to get into numbers, we can do that. 
Penn State, Drew Aller is a terrible quarterback. Agreed. Not good. Not a not a P5, now P4. He is a G5 quarterback. He is he's worse than Kyle McCord was. So let's not sit here and pretend that the Big Ten's been a good conference. Please, let's not even do that. Uh, Bailey Dietrich says the team up North fans are drinking the Kool-Aid, apparently. Facts, dude. Fair's come, but I thought we needed to throw out records when Alabama plays an in-state rival. It's a great rivalry game. Michigan beat Michigan State. So wait, and I just want to understand this, Fair's. We're supposed to have any faith in phone sex state. We're supposed to believe that somehow the, you know, the, the, you know, the whole situation with, you know, the Mel Tucker and We're supposed to believe that that's a solid football team. See, and that last line tells me everything I need to know about you. Alabama beat Auburn on a miracle play. <laughs> You're really trying to compare Michigan State to Auburn in the history and the, the tradition that is the Iron Bowl. You're trying to make that argument. Come on. You, you, I know you're better than that. You all better show up when we get back. You better show up and 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 take your crow. Because I'm telling you, when you lose this game and the SEC shows you why it's the SEC, we will be having a different conversation. If Michigan scores 21 points, they're probably going to win the game. I don't think they can score 21 points. I, I mean, I and I, I don't... I look at the tell me Michigan's offense how how do you match up man for man against Alabama I I don't see how that happens you it, it, and I spent cuz I I have no life I freely admit that I spent last night looking at Michigan's wide receivers and and I I just I think Roman Wilson very clearly is somebody that you can rely on. You don't you don't fall into 662 yards and 11 touchdowns. But the fall off is precipitous after that. He is the guy. He is the guy. So if he's not available to you cuz he's your guy, they'll take him away. You have two other wide receivers, Colston Loveland and then and then Morgan, I think it was, had two touchdowns. Nobody else has more than one. You you so you don't have depth throwing the football, right? You don't. And Alabama has linebackers that can run with your tight end. So again, I'm asking you, how do you offensively justify the fact that you're competing against Alabama's defense? Because free Harbaugh, by any stretch of the imagination, wildly regressed in the second half of the season and did not have the season this year he had last year. 141 against Maryland, 148 against Ohio State, and 147 against Iowa. That ain't getting it done against Bama, dude. It's and, not. And I, 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 again, just say, I'm asking you, Michigan fan, how do you justify that you, you're you going to score? Because what do you think What do you think Alabama's offense puts up? 35. I think they put up 35. Okay, so knock a touchdown off of that. 28 points. How do you score 28 points with this set of talent? Are you telling me that Balake is going to have some kind of massive game? Like the one he had against Penn State, 145 yards? He is. He That's is. It. Blake Corum has turned into a big play guy once or twice a game. And you're going to have to find balance. And you're going to have to find a way to be 
to be ahead of the chains. Because if you're if you're trailing, the one thing you cannot do ever in this game if Michigan's going to win is play from behind. Right. If you're playing from behind, forget it. It's over. Free Harbaugh is not a from a, a guy that can win from behind. He's not. And I think when I when I look at the the I just look at the roster and I look at the the defense that that they bring to the yard. And this secondary and these linebackers and I, I I'm I it's gonna be very interesting to see how how healthy is Kool-Aid McKinstry. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. If if he's healthy and he plays, and by all accounts he will, uh I don't see Michigan's ability to score twenty eight points in this game. I, I don't am what so what am I wrong about? That's that's what I'm asking you. Well, look, the the problem here is that is that Michigan fan is not going to have uh, uh, an objective take. You're not willing to say that the SEC on its face is better than the Big Ten, which means you're definitely not willing to say that Michigan hasn't really played anybody outside of Ohio State because Penn State is average. Penn State's a team you should beat every single year, and Ohio State didn't live up to it. And you beat them. And i that's a quality win one way or the other. I'm not taking that one away from And you. I'd remind you that Kool-Aid McKinstry was a full participant in practice this week after two weeks off. Mm-hmm. So my guess is he's good to go. And I think Trey Amos, um, Trey Amos is another guy that I think is going to be fine. Roy Dell Williams, um, I think is, I think you're in trouble here. Jace McClellan is a, is a is a significant injury because he missed the SEC title game. Um, and you still won the ball game, and it looks like he's gonna be able to play uh, in the Rose Bowl. Just looking at what Nick Saban said, he's getting better. I think it's it's probably still too early to tell. He's getting ready uh, to do dry land running and some things. He'll progress through the rest of the week, and we'll see. When asked about Kool Aid McKinstry. Uh, and if he's ready to go, yeah, he is. He'll be fine. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. We could probably do this all show. We but, could. But the reality is, I don't. So I love having great college football conversations, right? Where we're we're making great points and we're just discussing. We're going back and forth. And, you know, it's just a great conversation. But the problem is, uh. I'm not sure right now with the kind of season Michigan's had and what what you guys have been through that you're even capable of doing that because it is honestly Michigan fan and I don't blame you for it I get it you're you're doing the whole us against the world thing you're and never you should be. you're never going to accept what what's coming to you and I will not believe in you until you prove what you can actually do against a quality opponent and no this game isn't at the big house, which is the other thing that nobody wants to talk about. You're a different team at home than you are on the road. This game's on the West Coast. It is a, it is a, a later game for you on your natural body that, clock. I think it's 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock Pacific at the Rose Bowl. Tell me again how, how any of this lines up for Michigan to go out and win this game. I think it's going to be very difficult, but it's always difficult to beat Alabama. It's always difficult. I, I, I just am the question for, for Michigan. Can your offense score 28 points against Alabama's defense? And I just don't see that you have the firepower to do that. Free Harbaugh is not that quarterback. 
not against elite defenses. So less of us, more of you. Matt Ritson for five dollars. Did not uh, did next see next year Michigan no more Fresno State, Texas, USC, Washington, Oregon, and Ohio State might see Harbaugh after this year to the NFL. I don't think there's any question, Jim Harbaugh. And this is the other the other thing that I think plays into the Alabama game. I think they're playing for Harbaugh's legacy at Michigan. I, I And I think they are well aware of that. I think that Jim Harbaugh is, that when they lose, he's done at Michigan, in my opinion. I think he will leave. There's good NFL jobs open. He is allegedly one of the top quarterback or one of the top coaching candidates for uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers who play who in Los Angeles, but should be in San Diego, uh, as well as the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he is a league candidate for those two jobs. And he knows that he is going to likely eat uh, an entire year of suspension next year, or at least because he, he got, he took six games this year, right? Three of those were for the level one deception charge that he faced with the, the, uh, committee on infractions. Uh-huh. So I think there's a real good chance that he sees at least six games worth of a suspension next year. And that doesn't even include sign stealer guy. Uh-huh. So I think there's a chance he misses the entire season next year. I, I don't know why he would do that. And the problem for Michigan is if he leaves, he's, they're going to get smacked. They're going to get smacked either way. He's going to have a show cause order. I think for multiple years, if he leaves Michigan and I think Michigan's going to suffer they know that, and I think they're playing for that. And I think on the other side, for Alabama, you I'm just telling you in sports, this is not unique to college football. Dude, anytime there's even allegations, and in this case, it's known what you did, you can't tell me that 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 Alabama's not aware of it and not looking to prove a point. Yeah, Alabama wanted to prove a point in the SEC championship game, and they did just that. And now they're getting another opportunity to be the stopper to something that's been been dominating college football. Nick, I'm telling you, Nick Saban, this is what the dude lives for. He doesn't live for the Ferrari money. That's not him. He wants to be on the sideline and beating you. That's his whole thing, man. So that's why I say, like, I just, I don't know. You're never going to get me to say that I think Michigan's winning this game. Nothing says they're going to win the game rosters, stats, you know, real-life scenario stuff, location of the game, time of the game, weather for the game. Like, nothing says that they're in this game. So, yeah, they can play for his reputation, but the reality is is that you're not the better football team, man. Well, I also wonder... I also wonder if they... If Alabama wins this game, does Nick Saban retire? Because that's a question that you brought up in our pre-show meeting. And thank you, Jim Jim Bagley, for the $10. Enjoy your time off. Merry Christmas. Same to you, my friend. Uh, I I wonder if Nick Saban wins the college football playoff, does he retire? Because you're going to go out with one of his best defenses. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, I think you look at guys like, uh, I mean, whether you want to point to a guy like Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, Dallas Turner, um, there's just no doubt that Malachi Moore or, I mean, you look at these guys and you look at all of the, the NFL talent that's on that roster. Chris Braswell, certainly, uh, Caleb Downs. I think Jalen Key has turned into one of Nick Saban's better projects. I mentioned Trey Amos earlier. I mean, this defense is just stacked and the secondary is so disciplined. And then you, you, you start looking at their wide receivers and 
This is this is the thing that's really interesting. I think this is one of the weakest wide receiver classes we've ever seen at Alabama because all their dudes are in the NFL at right. wide receiver. Right. They the attrition's been amazing, and yet you still have guys like Jermaine Burton, who I think is going to be a mid round pick. He's going to be a fourth round pick. I look at people like Isaiah Bond. I look at Kobe Prentice. I look at Jalen Hale. Um, and all these guys are so young. When you look at, uh, you know, you look at, you know, a, a, a Jalen Hale who's a, a freshman. You look at Adam uh, or uh, Cole Adams who's a freshman. Their best talent are freshmen and sophomores. So he's leaving a full cupboard behind. And I think the other guy that we probably have not talked about enough is is Caden Proctor, who's a freshman. And he's playing left tackle. Yeah. And their offensive line has gotten remarkably better. I, it, it's wild to me that Nick Saban has built this kind of brand. And I do think if he wins a national championship, there's a there's a real good chance he retires. And he didn't come this far to come this far, dude. No, he did not. He did not, he did not suffer that much early in the year to, to lose to a Big Ten team that you damn well should beat. If I'm Nick Saban, I believe that our team should beat their team every single day. Yeah. I believe that. And whether that's true or not is your opinion. That's your opinion. My opinion is, is it is true. And my opinion is, is that Nick Saban has executed one of the best coaching coach seasons he's ever had. I agree. You don't have, like, listen to some of these names. I just want to put this into perspective after you read those names. Listen to these names that he's worked with. Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, Cam Sins, Calvin Ridley, Wild. Jerry Judy, Julio Jones, Jalen Waddell, right? Like grade A. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tunga Bailoa. Yeah, bro. You don't have that. Yet you're still out here winning the SEC. And now you've taken uh, what everybody left for dead in Jalen Milrow and turned it into a dude. So forgive me for, for being very wary of doubting Nick Saban and Alabama. If they, if you can beat Georgia in an SEC championship game where everyone said it was first team all SRT that was going to roll, and you shut all that down, and then you can roll into this game. Come on, you don't tell me you're going to lose this game. And by the way, I just want to point this out one more time before we leave this topic. Mm -hmm. If Michigan was so confident they were winning this ball game, why was your first reaction in that ballroom? sadness why were you yeah. like oh no dude but again don't count this defense short man like just looking at the draft projections for their defense i mean jalen harrell's the guy that everybody talks about i think we all understand that but you even guys like you know i don't know michael barrett who's a who's a graduate a linebacker that's a guy that's probably going to be an nfl free agent he's going to be an undrafted nfl free agent uh, Junior Colson, Chris Jenkins, like, you know, Rod Moore, like, I mean, their defense is stacked and just looking at the things that you get out of this defense regularly, their defense, Michigan's defense is elite, is a very talented defense. I just wonder if, you know, is, is Roman Wilson capable of carrying the off the passing game on his own? I don't know the answer to that question is free Harbaugh capable of winning the game on his own. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think it's fair to J.J. McCarthy to say go out and win the ballgame on your own. If you're going to do that, 
You're you're not preparing to win this ball game. I'm telling you, you but need more than that. But isn't that the reality of it, though? No, it's not the reality. It should be. It should be. The, the commitment from Michigan should be we're running this thing for 150 yards. If we do that, we win the ballgame. Because if you do that, you do win the ballgame. But you're not going to. Because as, to your point, Balake is too much of lightning Balake. in the bottle. In the bottle. He is not a workhorse running for four yards a carry for 20 plays to drive it down the field. That's not yeah. who he is as a back. I would agree with that. All right. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all the comments. It is Giving Tuesday on the Monty Show, as always presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Uh, Giving Tuesday, it, it it means more this time of year. It just means more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means more this time of year. And as usual, all of our partners have charitable donations set up. You look at The Advocates working with The Road Home yet again to help the homeless community and those that are unsheltered in the harshest of conditions. And again, I tell you, uh, it is uh, 8 o'clock and it is 34 degrees in Salt Lake City. And if you're waking up in a shopping cart covered by tarps, how are you feeling this morning? If you're sleeping under an overpass, in a bush, in a park, on a bench, how are you feeling this morning? It's difficult. And then consider that maybe you don't have a skull cap. Maybe you don't have gloves, socks. Maybe you don't have shoes on. Mm-hmm. You don't have a jacket. Do you have that extra sweatshirt that somebody decided to donate? Maybe you don't. And I'm telling you, you right now today, and I am talking to you directly, you have the opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. And I am asking you, if it's in your heart and in your wallet, I'm asking you to consider making a donation on Venmo to the advocates, advocates, donations, advocates donations on Venmo. They are working with the road home to provide hats, jackets, socks, gloves, boots, shoes, pants to those that are unsheltered, the homeless community, those that are most vulnerable this time of year. The advocates are working. Um, We are going to give away a $100 Amazon gift card to one person who makes a donation to the advocates today. Make your donation on Venmo. Take a screenshot. Send it to Jake, SLC Jake. SLC Jake uh, on Twitter, Instagram, you'll be entered to win a $100 gift card. Uh, And then, of course, there are our friends at Bucked Up, buckedup.com. So many people love Bucked Up and use Bucked Up on a daily basis, including OG Gary. Amazon gift card. We are just six days away from uh, from this morning. Uh, Corey Alvarez, first one today. Boom. Wow. Boom. Gary coming through. $250. And again, I would remind you, he's watching the show on his TV. He's got buckshot. Or as he calls them, Buckies. And he's hitting the advocates on Venmo. Let's go, Gary. And he's hitting go, the advocates boy. on Venmo. <laughs> Let's go, Gary. Look at that. 250 Putting his money where his mouth and look is. Look what he said. Monty Show Road Home. Let's go. Perfect execution, dude. Let's go, Gary. Love it. Love it. Love it. Is that an auto win? I think that probably. I mean, come on. All right. There's our there's our advocates winner right there. OG Gary, a hundred a hundred dollar Amazon gift card going to OG Gary. A hundred dollar Amazon gift card going to Maury Alvarez. Yes. 
Um, I, I mean, it's it just is. That's what we love about this time of year. You yeah. Guys. And you don't have to, you know, again, 250 is awesome. You know what? What I think Maury donated 25, like whatever you got, dude, Wh it, whatever you got. It, and the thing that I appreciate so much about the way you guys support people like the advocates and the way that you support Bucked Up and Triday Trading and SoundSleepMedical.com, like we can't do this without you guys. And I just really appreciate all of you who support the show and support our partners. Uh, Eric Wasikowski for $5. Hey. I'm a conference guy at this point of the season, so I'm obligated to root for the conference. Go green. Go green. So are you, what is, I don't understand. What is your, what is your allegiance? Where is your allegiance? Wasikowski. If you guys have any April plans for the draft or plan on coming to Motown, I can probably set up a tour of the new downtown arena. Have a Merry Christmas. Okay, Eric. Well, we do have to jock ride Patty Ice. Yeah. Appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you too, sir. Uh, DK for $10. Thank you. How did Texas beat Alabama and can Michigan do anything remotely similar? I don't think so. Texas beat Alabama early in the season when they were struggling offensively and they went to Tuscaloosa and they made plays. And they and I would remind you if you go back and you look at you look at that Texas game and you understand it's a 34-24 game. And you look at the box score of that game. Quinn Ewers, 349 and three scores. Jonathan Brooks, C.J. Baxter, and Quinn Ewers ran for 105 yards in a score. Jatavian Sanders, five for 114 yards. Uh, Adane Mitchell, three for 78. Xavier Worthy, five for 75, a touchdown. Mitchell had two scores. Jordan Winnington, three for 44. C.J. Baxter, four for 21. Quinn Ewers spread the football around to multiple dynamic weapons. You weren't able to do that. And I'd also remind you that Burt Auburn was two for three on field goals and four for four on extra points. And you look at Jalen Milrow, 255, two touchdowns, two picks. They only ran for 107 yards, Alabama did, against an incredible defense. And you look at the number, and this is the thing that should scare you if you're a Michigan fan. In a loss, in a loss, Alabama had one, two, three, four receivers with multiple catches um, in that game. And I, I would also remind you that when you look at those receivers, Kobe Prentice had five for 68. Jermaine Burton had two for 58 in a score. Um, and Niblock had two for 45 in a score. He spread, they spread the football around with a quarterback that struggled mightily, who was barely 50%. And now is a completely different quarterback in Jalen Milrow. Yeah, it, it, it is. It takes nothing away that Alabama lost to Texas because Texas is a hell of a football team. Alabama is a much better team. And I don't know that Texas could beat them at, at home again. I truly don't. Um, it's just, yeah. Alabama, how about Brett McMurphy this morning? Look at this. Look, as if Brett McMurphy is listening to the Monty program. And they they all listen. Hey, Monty. Right. I, I think. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of a little deal here on the Monty show. Program. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we're a little deal. Look at Brett McMurphy's tweet this morning from the Action Network. Um, What's up, big bro? 
he That's says, saying. look at this. He says, and this is Alabama. And this is a Florida State guy. Alabama based on Nielsen ratings, followed by Ohio State, Colorado, Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon, Texas, Florida State, Notre Dame, um, is America's TV team. Let that sink in. See what he did there. The numbers that they have. And you start looking at average viewers per million. Alabama, 7.1 million. Ohio State, six. Colorado, Colorado, third. That'd be America's team. With nine games rated, and they pulled six million in nine games. Georgia, fourth. Michigan, 5.6 million in 12 games. I think Alabama had 11 rated games and drew 7.1 million. <laughs> Michigan had 12 and drew five. Nick Saban is a better man than you are. It's wild. It is absolutely That's what wild. I mean, dude. Michigan fan, like, with all due respect, you got to just stop talking and let your team prove it for you. Show us. Wild. Show us that you deserve to, the respect that you, that you are trying to roll out there. It's wild, bro. Man, I, I, so many people watch college football. It is crazy. Uh, Sean Rollins, I'll bet 12 sideline tickets, 11 Western Kentucky t-shirts, and 10 one-inch runs from Quorum uh, to act like there's no LLCs. <laughs> they texted. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, giggity, I thought about entering these contests, but I don't think my Polaroid photos can compete with the editing masters. Hey, dude, you know hey, what? Man. Enter, dude. Show us. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer, primetime draws ratings, man. Seriously. Yep. Now he's got to figure right? out how to win ball games. Drew says, LOL, X's would beat the F out of Bama. Bama looks horrible. Bama looks horrible? Why don't you come back in after you lost, dude? Come on. Come on. To Texas? Okay, so Bama looks horrible. Did you watch the SEC title game? What do you mean Bama looks terrible? Uh, Tanner's 31-17 roll tide cheat again. I'm in that same boat. I think the first team to score 28 wins the game. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know, I know I'm the patented red ass on this show. I think it's more. I, I think they're going to dominate Michigan. You do? I think it's going to be 38-17. I don't think it's going to be close. I think you've got a better defense. I think Nick Saban's going to have them more prepared. I think that they are going to be committed to running the football in this game. Uh, and I think because they will be committed to run the football, Jalen Milrow is going to have a lot of opportunity in the second half. Yeah. And I don't think that Nick Saban gives a damn about running the score up in the second half. Who knew? I lost another draw for uh, some Travis Scott's again. <sighs> I never get Travis Scott's ever. I'm not I, like that's frustrating. Um, that is for, I'll just, I'll go F myself. Nike. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Good talk. Thanks. Appreciate you very little. Nike pisses me off deep real quick before we get to Monday night football. Cause Joseph Harper's talking that junk and justifiably. So, um, have we seen the last of Tiger Woods and Nike? There are very few athletes, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe, Kobe, who represent a brand more than Tiger Woods represents Nike. Like when you think golf, you think Tiger Woods and Nike. Yeah. 
And there is a belief that in 12 days, Tiger Woods will no longer be a Nike athlete, which, wow. Um, Charlie Woods did not wear Nike at the PNC Championship. Tiger did. When he was asked about it, Tiger said, I, I am still wearing their products. And that was it. Not For those of you who don't know, Nike's getting out of golf. Lock stock. They're out. They're not making golf equipment. So disappointing. And it's weird. They're making fitness equipment. Like, I got a, a post from Mrs. Monty who sent, like, Nike weight sets, dumbbell sets. Oh, what are you talking plates. about, man? It's weird to me. I if it's the last we see, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Absolutely. I, I think that you know, Nike years ago now, probably five years ago, seven years ago now, got out of snowboarding. And and just as a sport, Nike was huge in, in the snowboarding world. They were, you know, and in, in the boots they made and their product. Like Nike obviously makes great stuff. And and I I guess it's a profitability thing. That's all I can think. But I love Nike golf apparel, love the polos, love, love it all, dude. And the problem in golf is, is that golf is a dirty sport in the sense that like you'll see, oh, like this brand, like uh, what is it? Foot Joy, I think, or yep. maybe not, you know, like, like Callaway owns Top Golf. But nobody knows that Callaway owns Top Golf. Oh, like, Titleist owns like, a Titleist brands. <laughs> Titleist has so many different brands, yeah, you guys, that yeah. you, you don't even recognize. Um, and it's pretty remarkable whether it's golf clubs and um, you know, Oxnet Holding Corp, which owns Titleist. Um, I mean the the brands that they're affiliated with, Titleist is affiliated and wholly owned by Footjoy, uh, Bulky Design, Scotty Cameron, Pinnacle. I mean that that's all of those brands are under under the Titleist banner. Yeah, you know, and you you start looking at you know a brand like Callaway. Um, Callaway, as Jake said, owns Top Golf, and their official name is Top Golf Callaway Brands. Um, so whether it's Top Golf, Travis Matthew, Top Tracer, um, you know, Agio, Odyssey, they Callaway Top Golf owns all of those brands. So my point is is that is that whether it's it's you know Nike, and I don't know, I'd have to look into it. I, you know, Nike just getting out of it from a profitability standpoint or you know, wanting to rebrand or whatever. I don't know. But but what I do know is that is that if Nike does break up with Tiger Woods or the other way around, whatever it is, you know, they part ways, that would be a huge shame, mainly because this guy's rep Nike his entire career, and he is in the golden age, the final chapter of his career. So the idea that this guy's going to wear a red polo without a Nike swoosh on it on Sunday, because he will get back on Sunday one more time before it's done. I'm a big believer in that. If that happens and he's in red without a Nike swoosh, that would be incredibly disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what Tiger does. I, if I'm Tiger Woods, I'm probably just, I am probably just doing my own brand. Um, he's already swinging tailor-maids. He's already wearing foot joy. 
Uh, if I'm Tiger Woods, I am very likely coming out with my own apparel brand because I got to be honest with you, I'll buy every polo, every pair of pants, every sweatshirt. I'm here for it. I'm a huge Tiger Woods guy. Now, I'm a Callaway apparel person. I'm a PXG equipment person. I think PXG makes the best clubs in the business. Yeah. Um, but I am a Nike golf shoe guy all the way through. I, I bought myself a, a, a nice Christmas gift and got some Air Jordan 6 golf spikes. Love them. I've got two pairs of those. I've got Rory McIlroy's golf shoe. Like, I love Nike shoes. I'm a Jordan collector. I think you guys know that. But, yeah. Uh, Joseph Harper. Gee, Monty, I thought I heard you say yesterday the Hawks had no chance uh, with Locke to beat the Beagles. Uh, that's exactly what I said. And I was completely wrong. And I will tell you now, if you are not happy for Drew Locke, you're dead inside. Because it wasn't the throw to um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. It was not the throw. Uh, I mean, he just, the entire fourth quarter was the Drew Locke coming out party. And that Geno Smith was rooting for him heavily, I thought was amazing. Drew Locke crying after the game, talking about what it meant to him and how many doubters and how many times and to make that one throw, the the throw to DK Metcalf, the incredible catch in the middle of the field by DK, unbelievable. I, I if you're not happy for Drew Locke, I mean, do we like Pete Carroll? No, I I think Pete Carroll's arrogant gum chewing, you know, the it is what it is. Right. I don't hate Pete Carroll, uh, but I think when you look at the. Seattle Seahawks, Drew Locke is a tremendous story and one of the best in, in the NFL right now. Now, having said that, what is wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles? And it was interesting last night, and I generally think Philadelphia Eagles fans are treacherous and they are just not, they're not great fans. I think they're one of those fans that nobody likes dealing with. <coughs> and I say that because Matt Patricia is the problem. It's not Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia actually, I think, was you saw a significant improvement. But at how long do you think you can outrun injuries in the secondary before it catches up with you? Yeah. And how long do you think that um how long do you think that you can be that predictable on offense before it catches up to you? Anyone see, not that I was watching it, but it saw it all over Twitter. Christian McCaffrey goes on the Manning cast last night and is predicting what the Eagles are gonna run on offense. And that's an offensive guy doing that. You think defensive minds can't see it coming? No. Please. Like, come on. I think there's a lot of things at play. I think this team is worn out. They have played an enormous amount of football in the last three seasons. You don't make a run to the Super Bowl the way that they did and take the beating that Jalen Hurts has taken and not suffer significantly in December. Now, the other thing that Philadelphia Eagles fans can't see, which is a tree in the middle of the forest, you're going to the playoffs. You're likely going to win the NFC East. You have still what I think is an elite quarterback. And last night, I'm on Twitter, and what are people asking me? Jalen Hurts isn't the same guy. He He's falling off now. He's not falling off. Jalen Hurts is not regressing. Jalen Hurts is simply a guy that is struggling under the wear and tear of being a quarterback in the NFL. It's no different than what we are seeing in Kansas City. 
it is no different, in my opinion, than what we are seeing in places like Dallas. It's not the quarterback's fault. Now, did he make bad decisions? He did. But it's it's a it's a buildup. And we're looking at a number of turnovers in, in Philadelphia that now are starting to stack on top of each other. And sure, it's bad decision-making. And I'm just curious, why are we not talking about Jalen Hurts the way we're talking about Dak Prescott and Josh Allen in Buffalo? Because he's got just as many turnovers as they do. But it's because they've been to the Super Bowl. But Philadelphia Eagles fans forget that. Nick Sirianni isn't all of a sudden just some shitty coach who has no idea how to win football games in the NFL. What you're looking at is a Philadelphia Eagles team that is worn out, an offensive line that is beat up, a secondary that is non-existent because the pass rush and the run defense is great, but you don't have nearly your best availability in the secondary and it's killing you. Yes. You look at you look at the catch by Jackson Smith and Jigba. You cannot let him get behind you there yet. He's running behind the defensive back. And it sure, was it a dime piece? Yeah, sexy as hell too. What an incredible catch. What an incredible catch. But you know what nobody else is talking about? The interception that ended the game. It wasn't a, 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 a phenomenal throw and it was a bad decision. That's a hell of an interception. How do you get that toe down? I have no idea. But I, I am telling you, if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan and let's say this team misses the playoffs somehow. You should take a sigh of relief and know that Jalen Hurts is going to get healthy. You should take a sigh of relief and know that this is going to let your your now aging offensive line get more rest and have a better year next year. They're not going to miss the playoffs. They're still going to win the NFC East. You're not going to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I think it's going to be very difficult for anybody to go through San Francisco and get to the Super Bowl. And what I'm telling you is, the world is not falling in Philadelphia. Your your putrid Eagles fans just have zero perspective and no ability to be re- realistic, which is why you're a terrible fan base. Okay, I feel better. Damn, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm up to here with with Eagles fans. I, I think it is pretty ridiculous to be sitting here saying Jalen Hurts is falling off. I, I mean, I, they did on. not look great last night, but that doesn't mean that dude's falling off. Uh, it, it is wild the, the, to me. The turnovers are a problem, but those will get corrected. Like on Twitter last night, you had Eagles fans ranking, ranking Jalen Hurts outside of the top 10 in quarterbacks. How? And I'm like, okay, well, let's play the game, dude. Is is Jalen Hurts better than Tua Tungavailoa? Yes. Is he better than uh, Brock Tober? Uh, mm. is he better than Brock Purdy? I think he is. I, I think, think Brock Purdy's got close. Brock Purdy's got superior coaching offensively, and I think he has certainly has more weapons. I certainly think has he, more weapons. I think he has a more diverse set of weapons. Christian McCaffrey is a difference maker. There, there, you have nothing in Philadelphia that's remotely close to to Christian McCaffrey. Totally agree. Is he better than is Jalen Hurts better than Jared Goff? Yes, he is. Is he don't question? Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? He's not. Patrick Mahomes, I still think, is the best quarterback in the NFL. But they're another team that looks tired. Well, they may be tired, but they also don't have weapons. You're throwing the ball to Kadarius Tony. You don't have <laughs> and and I understand that Taylor Swift, who 
you know, essentially has been run through by a bunch of famous dudes, <laughs> is dating Travis Kelsey, and that's all anybody wants to talk about. But at what point are we going to keep in it real on Travis Kelsey and say, this is not the same Travis Kelsey that we've seen over the last several years? Whoa, bro. Monty, you're hating. He's not having the same impact that he's had. It, the, and it is this evolution in the NFL, defenses have now adjusted to the prolific tight ends in this league. I'm not ready to say that Travis has lost a step because I think we won't know that until he's able to get single coverage more consistently. I'm not saying that Travis Kelsey has lost a step. What I'm saying is you cannot continue to be the the real weapon of choice and and think that your production is not going to go down. Because it is. And you know what the real problem in Kansas City is? Travis Kelsey's a weapon of choice. You And he is a really good tight end. Arguably the best tight end in the NFL. Uh -huh. But he can't be your number one offensive option. That's what's wrong in Kansas City. It's not Patrick Mahomes. Stop talking to me about how, you know, you know Andy Reid, now he's just eating too much and he's doing too many commercials. No, he's not. He's still a phenomenal offensive mind. But now you've got to go and revamp the, the roster and bring back dynamic weapons on the outside. Yeah, you haven't replaced the role that Tyreek played. Is he better than Dak Prescott? Uh, Jalen? Yes. Uh, not right now. Not right now, he's not. not. Right now, he's not. So no. that's three. Because I don't think he's... But, I don't think he's playing better than Brock Purdy. I don't think he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think he's playing better than Dak Prescott. Is he better than C.J. Stroud? Yes, yes, idiot Eagle fan who is arguing with me that C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback. Sam Howell, yes. Is he better than Josh Allen? I think he. I would take Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen in a big game because Josh Allen has not performed in big games. Yeah, we know who Josh Allen is in big games. And I think that, that I. you know what I yeah. think? I think that Jalen Hurts is a more practical thinker in big moments than Josh Allen is. And the the real question is, is he better than Trevor Lawrence? Because I think Trevor Lawrence is getting undersold. He is better than Trevor Lawrence, but that's a close one. Is he better than Lamar Jackson right now? No. No, he's not. No, he's not. And, I think Lamar I think, Jackson is a better... I think Lamar Jackson might be the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. And the Trevor Lawrence thing, Trevor Lawrence is taking a beating this year and still getting the job done. So I, you know, and I'm not saying that makes him better than Jalen, but I just think, Trevor is a guy that gets forgotten about because of where he plays, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for for what he's done this year. I would agree. Uh, Eric Wasikowski, Sparty is my allegiance. Uh, wow, that's tough. Oh, that's what he meant. Yeah, I uh, thought that's what he meant. Okay. okay. Uh, Delirik, I don't think Hertz was 100% last night and should have sat him. No, you're not sitting him. Yeah, and it, I, it, it, Listen, it's Monday night football. You're not sitting. You're... you're your MVP caliber quarterback on Monday night football in a game that they really needed to win. And they weren't able to win it. And it wasn't Seattle his fault. needed it more. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. You can't sit him. Yeah. There's no way uh, you should have uh, sat him would have been a good game to go uh, with a backup to give him a rest from a Texans fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Aaron Wilson gifted a Monty show. Uh, what's up, Aaron? Appreciate you, Aaron Wilson. Sean Rollins gifted five Monty show memberships. 
Let's go. Appreciate you guys on Giving Tuesday. Um, Tanner Plummer, we Eagles fans have watched this team more closely than everyone else on, on this show. It's obvious that this team is broken. No, it's, it's not, not broken, dude. My God. It is. Jesus. It's attrition. It's cyclical. Do you not understand where you're at in the cycle? It's like NBA guys who want to go and play the globe and then they want to do an NBA championship and then they want to play the Olympics and then they want to dude. eventually you're, you're going to be tired. They're tired. They need time off. That's and it. You cannot expect Jalen hurts who continues to get hit. He's got 12 interceptions. I mean, you're, I'm not the biggest Nick Sirianni, Sirianni guy. Um, I, I just, I think that when you look at Jalen hurts, he has gotten hit. I still don't think his knee is 100%. And I think that I think that you have wide receivers that are not, you know, that interception over the top late in the game. You got to have a receiver make up. You're one-on-one -on -one with a defensive back. A how damn play, how do you as a wide receiver give up inside leverage on a ball that's underthrown? In the end zone. When the, when the quarterback puts the ball up in the air, in the end zone, you've got to go make the play. Yeah, it's not like you're paid to catch the ball or anything. And, and, and you're you're not. The, the, this is my point. Why aren't you making that play? Because one, that's not an elite receiver. And two, your elite receivers are worn out. At some point, you run out of legs. Is Nick Sirianni all of a sudden some dickhead who can't coach a football team? No, he's not. No, he's not. Your defense looked much better last night. Under Matt Patricia, who everybody is ripping Matt Patricia. Should he be a head coach? No, he shouldn't. Should he be a defensive coordinator? Yeah, he should. Because he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. They're on the broadcast last night talking about how, you know, generally speaking, the Eagles don't blitz a lot. Now under Matt, they really don't blitz at all. And I'm sitting here like, hey, dude, if I said to you before the game last night, yeah, the Seahawks are going to score 20. Do you win or lose that game? You're probably going to say you win that ball game. So it's not a defensive issue. It's an offensive issue, dude. You've got to score more points. I think the biggest issue is that you're looking at a guy who, any, any way you slice it, he's been sacked 33 times this year. And you, you look in the last two weeks, you got boat raced by Dallas, and they only got to him once. Yeah. Right, you get in a situation against Seattle where he wasn't sacked at all. But what did Jalen Hurts do? Got rid of the football in a hurry. And I think some of that was that's why you're starting to see the the interceptions. Mm -hmm. And he he, in my opinion, has been much more efficient the last three weeks and much more practical with the football. But both of those interceptions, they were completely different situations. The one in the end zone, the receiver's got to go make a play. Right. But I also think the one on the sideline, you're it's desperation mode and the game's coming to an end. And he needs, and I don't know how you fix it, but you need a guy to, to go and make a play. And I don't know, is Julio Jones a, a, an asset offensively? I don't know anymore. He should be a red zone player. But I, I, I look at the 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 Quez Watkins play in the, in the end zone. The question I have is why is Quez Watkins the guy running that route? That's the hard part for me. Where's AJ Brown running that route? That's the, 
That's that's the question Put that your I have. Best players in position to make a damn play. And, and I I wonder where is Devonte Smith, who I I still maintain, is a hell of a receiver, man. Like I I think this team just needs once they win a game, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles are not trash. They're not broken. They're not. The expectation is what's broken. You, it, How many teams can consistently perform at the level that they have performed? You know, they're, they're just this crappy team that's 10 and four. <laughs> they're 10 and four. They're going to win the NFC East. Not good enough. I Okay. Okay. You're, you're getting Jalen Carter. Now, Nolan Smith, we'll see how that shoulder is. But you're getting, like, Keely Ringo's making big plays for you last night. You're drafting well. Jalen Carter is a high-level performer in this defense. And a smart draft pick. Right? You're, you're drafting well. What, like, Eagle fan, you're, I look at this defense, and do I have questions about why Sidney Brown was on the field last night? I do. You know what I don't have questions about? He's on the field because dudes are hurt. He isn't the first, he's not going to be your first choice because he has no composure. Thanks. But what other choice do you have? And after the game last night, Sirianni straight up said, it was my call to change, to make a defensive change to Matt Patricia. He is now fully in charge of the defense for the rest of the year. And I think last night, what did you see? A much better defensive performance. Yes. Again, Eagle fan. And he gave up 20 today. You winning or losing that ball game? Because I'm telling you, you're winning that most weeks. And it took an ideal play for you to lose that game. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Tanner Plummer. Everyone repeat after me. Oh, this ought to be good. Just because Jalen went to the Super Bowl doesn't mean he needs uh, to be coddled. Who's coddling him? Okay, so you want to go back to Nick Foles. Is that it? Who Who's coddling him? Who's coddling Jalen Hurts? Your arrogance is your mistake. You're not willing to say, yeah, you know, Jalen's a little tired right now. You know, we've been on a really good run lately. We've lost some games here. By the way, you've only lost three in a row. It's not like you're one in 10, guy. It's amazing to me that your perspective is now this is Jalen Hurts' fault. It's ridiculous. Uh, Trent CN says if if Hurts is so dinged up, he probably shouldn't have run the ball 13 times. He, You understand. <laughs> The issue last night was just illness. It's not like he's just so terribly hurt that he can't play or he's dealing. He's like, dealing with the knee. He's dealing with what football players deal with, dude. What mobile like, quarterbacks deal I'm, with. I mean, it's not anything different. The, I, yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, OG Gary. I don't, I'm too depressed that my saints can't lose properly. Tanner. Yeah. Exactly. Good Lord. You could be the saints with, with crab leg stealer and washed up guy from Vegas. Tanner, because Drew Dozier said struck a nerve to Tanner's comment. He said, your favorite team gives up a game-winning drive. You tend not to be happy, you numbskull. Well, I don't know why we're calling people names all of a sudden. But it took a 98-yard drive, I believe it was, with with two unbelievable catch and throws. Throwing catches. Give the guy credit. He made a play. They made two unbelievable completions. And it's Seattle, which is in the rain, which is still one of the most difficult places to play. Please. Boston Mapes. 
Philly should be getting to the quarterback more often, but Hargrave was a tone setter last year, and they don't have that this year. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Drew Dozier says my feelings are hurt. Tanner, you should apologize. Giggity, what's your take on Sirianni? I think you've given your take on Sirianni. And, and I, I just think that right now, you're in a you're in a position where you're making play calls that don't work. And again, the Quez Watkins throw is the one where I'm just like, why are we throwing it to Quez Watkins? I mean, you have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Goddard are, I mean, those are three elite weapons. A1 options. And you went to Quez Watkins? And I don't know, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni after the game didn't want to say much about that. And nobody's going to talk about what the play call was. I can't believe, I got to believe that that's on Jalen Hurts, not on Nick Sirianni. And I looking at the route combination and looking at the development of that, that play, that I don't believe that that's where they wanted the ball to go. I think that's the way the route developed because of where the safety went. The safety, the safety peeled off and Quez was running a go route. And he was one-on-one. -on -one. You expect him to make a fucking play. Like, yeah. this is the thing that makes me crazy. Totally like, agree. You expect Kadarius Tony to catch the football. Especially when you hit him in the hands. You don't expect it to hit him in the hands and get intercepted. And I, I, I'll go back to my takes last year where somebody who doesn't know a thing about football was Ooh. telling me how stupid I was for defending Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Because what was Dak doing? Hitting, I think it was 10 of his 15 interceptions at one point, hit the receiver on frame in and as the the statistic is something about outcome, a, a negative outcome. Right. When a quarterback hits a receiver on frame, you expect a positive outcome. 10 of his 15 interceptions hit the receiver on frame. Let that sink in. And now ask yourself, why are we throwing a go route to Quez Watkins? When you threw that go route one-on-one, -on -one, did you have an expectation of a positive result? Oh, you did. But Quez Watkins is not going to fight for the ball. Which is wild to me. So if I'm going to throw the ball to Kadarius Tony, am I expecting a positive outcome? I'm not. Because he hit him in the hands with a perfect tight spiral. Hit him in the hands. You're going to throw a fade to Smith and Jigba and expect a good result? Where, where was Kadarius Tony's mistake? His head was over here and his hands were over here. Are you throwing? Are you throwing Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's been underwhelming by a lot of accounts, and you threw him his college route? Yes. You expect you, a good result on a dime by a backup quarterback to a wide receiver who's been a disappointment. That's how you got beat. Because this defense, I, I don't know if if, I, if I'm the only one that noticed this. But did anybody else notice that they put a lid on DK Metcalf last night? The Philadelphia Eagles dominated DK Metcalf until that last drive. Yep. Did he catch a touchdown? He didn't. No, he didn't. Jackson Smith and Jigba caught the only touchdown, and it was a miracle. The world's not ending, Philadelphia. Trust me. Uh, Mike Smith, that game last night could have went either way. That one interception in the end zone should have been a penalty. And... Never mind that, that the DB is grabbing Quez's jersey. Uh, well, you know what, dude? But maybe if Quez was on inside leverage. What am I oh, going to say? Let's get crazy. And you're not calling that on a 50-50 ball. Oh, you're not. not you're not calling situation. that on a 50-50 ball. 
But you're not wrong, Mike. And he's clearly grabbing the, the neckline of the jersey. You could see it. Um, and I do not like the Eagles, so not just making excuses for them. I don't disagree with you, dude. I think that's a really salient point, Dakota Tubbs. Yeah, that Philadelphia Bulldog defense isn't holding up. Like Monty said, those guys need some rest, and that loss last night really hurt them. They really need another bye week. They need to run the table. It's December 19th. I'm not going to sit here and say that it hurt their feelings or they're like devastated. You know, it you put know what? the division back in play. Yeah, but here's the deal, dude. You know what it is for a team like Philly? They're, this time of year, the reality is all you need to do is get to the playoffs. You need the first round bye. You well, absolutely and, do. But, but they have they have two out of three weeks coming up. They have two bye weeks in three weeks. So let's not let's not make this out like they, you know, they're not going to get. You're playing the Giants two out of the next three weeks. You're on by. And I, I mean, Devito is. <laughs> yeah, I can get you a toe. Where is the attack? All of a sudden, Devito's agent in that green suit ain't so pimp anymore after he got his ass beat. I don't know. You about you have two out of three by week. OG Gary, yeah, uh, y'all can trade Jalen to my Saints. We need, yeah, right? Okay, <laughs> okay, Eagle fan, you take Derek Carr and crab legs, and we'll take Jalen. <gasps> That's great, Brandon Butler. I'm tired of blaming the refs. The NFL refs have been awful this year, but they have been awful yeah, to every dude, team. Don't talk to me about they officiating have. late in games. They have. Don't talk to me about it. Do better earlier in the game. Tanner Plummer, they're not winning out. Tanner, they play the Giants twice in the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I can't wait for Tanner to be in here in three weeks talking about how the Eagles are the best team in the league. They play two in a row at home, and then they go on the road for a bye week at the Giants. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Relax. Uh, and I agree with Brandon. The NFL officials have been doggy. But dude, okay, they doggy. They, well, I don't, I'm trying. To, <laughs> I'm trying to use less colorful language. Honestly, that's our stroking guys. A lot. Um, uh, a lot. <laughs> the <laughs> nice morning show. That was a tough loss by the Eagles. They're starting to show they were pretenders and not contenders. Maybe early to say, but looks that way. Eh, I don't know that I'm saying they're a pretender. I'm saying they're tired, dude. Yeah. And it, and they're just going through that part of the year right now. And E, the Eagles weren't the only team who uh, have figured out if you lock up DK, you can turn the Seahawks into a one-dimensional team. Just look at the Rams and Niners. They've done it twice to the Seahawks. Yes. Yes. Yes, they have. Geno's got to get his his bowls in shape. Geno Smith is – that team's better with Geno Smith. But um, this groin thing is – I'm here for the Drew Locke shenanigans. I'm not. It's do we know who this guy is? We know who he is. Uh, the eye patch. Will beating the Giants change people's minds? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but Monty is agent. It's the Giants. Come on. Let's talk about AA Ron. Oh, God. So did you guys hear this story that Aaron Rodgers is? Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers went to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and Got the 30-day trial membership, which is exactly what you should do. Uh, TridayTrading.com slash Monty presents all of our NF, hello, NFL hello. talk on the Monty program. Uh, TridayTrading.com, you guys, again, whether it's Maury Alvarez or we've now got dozens of our viewers and listeners in the Triday Trading program. And you guys, it's straightforward. You're making money right away. You're going through their simulators. They're teaching you right away how to get going, what it feels like to win. 
um, what's a good trade and a bad trade. And then at 30 days, you're just going to make a decision. And the thing I love about Tri-Day Trading is they always are benefiting charities. So right now it's sub for Santa. You give your $10 to charity. You sign up at TridayTrading.com. You give them your $10 for charity. It goes right to sub for Santa. There's so many people who will not have Christmas. Sub for Santa is working with Tri-Day Trading to lower that number. You get to TridayTrading.com. Sign up for the 30-day trial membership. You immediately get assigned to coach. My wife's coach is Phil. And he's been fantastic. So you immediately get assigned a coach. And the thing that is remarkable is you're trading right away. They put you into simulators and you're learning good trades and bad trades. And the other thing that's so remarkable, when you graduate the Triday Trading Program, you're trading with TridayTrading.com's money. You're not trading with your own money. So you can stay in their program for the next 50 years and trade with their money. You're going to make up to 80% of the profit when you trade with their money. The minute you feel confident enough to open your own account, you're out. You, you keep 100% of the money when you make trades with your own money. And you do that as soon as you're comfortable. If that's a week, a month, 55 years. You're in their program as long as you want. You get continuing coaching. You get continuing education. It's Friday trading. You have nothing to lose. Go and get it now. Give yourself or your friends or your family the best Christmas gift that you've ever had. A 30-day trial membership. TridayTrading.com for a $10 charitable donation. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. So did you hear the story that Aaron Rodgers made an incredible play at Jets camp last week? Where is A.A. Ron right now? Mr. I tore my ayahuasca, or I mean my Achilles tendon. Yeah, I've been immunized. Tears his Achilles tendon in week one, four plays into the season. Last week, the first week of December, he's playing linebacker um, at Jets practice and makes a leaping one-handed interception. Um, he did. And everybody was raving about it. And now that Zach Wilson has proven again that he's no Drew Locke. You are what you are. And they're out of the playoffs, officially eliminated. Aaron Rodgers supposedly, and I don't believe it, is pushing to play this year for the JETS Jets Jets. Uh -huh. If you're the Jets, do you bring Aaron Rodgers Hell back? Hell no. Not a chance on God's green earth, dude. Why? No because there's no need to. What, like, what are we playing for, man? Well, you've got him on a two-year deal. Let's rest up. Let's get that thing 100%. Let's come back next year. I tend to agree that I just don't see why you would do it. Why would you do it? I don't understand that. And I, I look at where we are, and I look at what we're getting from the Jets this year. I don't know why you wouldn't just hand the ball to Zach Wilson and let him get his ass beat. Yeah. Because that offensive line is not good. No, no, no. Hit the reset button in, in mini camps and have Aaron Rodgers guaranteed 100% at the start of training camp. Why would you risk this in any way, shape, or form? It just doesn't seem logical. Doesn't me. seem smart. No benefit. I, I Yes, no benefit. Uh, Tanner Plummer, you know, Jake, when the Eagles win, do you see me running my mouth? Yeah, but you know what I see, Tanner? I see you running your mouth and negativity about your team. All the and time. All the time, regularly. You have no appreciation for who this team is. You have no appreciation 
for the fact that you're able to contend for the NFC East as weak as that division is on a regular basis. No appreciation for the Super Bowl appearance. None. None whatsoever. No appreciation to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, that 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 pick up the sideline there late in the game, A.J. Brown had that ball. If the safety's not there, there's no interception, right? If it's one-on-one like Jalen thought, hey, that's a completion all day. So let's not sit here and pretend like, oh, I don't run my mouth. I don't, like, get the hell out of here with that, dude. You you damn but, well know what I mean. But Come on. I think... I think Tanner's much like a lot of sports fans. My life sucks no matter what. Try being a fan of the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Cubs, the Blackhawks, the Bulls. Justin Fields could be your quarterback. Notre Dame. They all suck. You could have 10 guys on the line of scrimmage, but you don't. No. Notre Dame, our mother. Thank you for getting that in. Uh, Aaron Wilson, let's talk about me. Way cooler, greater than Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Mike Smith, how many days will the Monty show be off? January 3rd will be our next show after today. <coughs> Blame him. Oh, I got to go get laid in Kansas City. Hey, we made a plan, and time, we're sticking to the plan. Time to eat that meat, boy. Me? That motherfucker hey, don't miss, and man. And he's sleeping on a couch. Yeah. I wanted to do shows next week. No, certain you did people, not. Get the hell out of here with people, that. Certain people didn't want no, to do you that. you did not. He said those no, dirty little bastard didn't. fans of ours don't deserve me. Dude. That's what he told me. Dude. He said. My fucking ass. He said finding a way to procreate in the, in the soon-to-be in-law's home is all that I'm about next week. Get out of my way, dude. So I cannot be doing a show for the great unwashed. Those That's are your bullshit. words. No, it's not. Those were your words. That's bullshit. Aaron Wilson, here I am. Dude. I, I'm not doing this, man. I'm not doing this, bro. Like, listen, dude, we never discuss doing shows next week, bro. Giggity. Let me get a holiday special episode with you and Mrs. Monty. I think we should, because frankly, your cowardice, <laughs> your cowardice is a little ridiculous. Yeah, you're going to pull your cleaver out on the show? I might. I might. Hiscock. I might. Uh, Brandon Butler, Monty, why do you have to bring the pain for us Chicago sports fans? It's Christmas, bro, and we get the gift of misery. I know, Reset. It's tough. It makes me want to cry. Monty owes a ribeye. I don't want to go through Monty's show withdrawals. <laughs> Giggity. Let's get a holiday special with you and Mrs. Monty, to which Mrs. Monty says I'm in. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be the other way around? Like, like you're in... Uh, OG Gary, free Mrs. Monty. If you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. Monty owes a ribeye. We should not have to suffer for Jake's poor decisions. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I am leaving DNA on their carpet. (laughs) (laughs) So Jake is going to Kansas City. Right. To be amongst the dirty Chiefs fans. Right. Him and um, Kadarius Tony are going to talk um, about whatever it is yeah, that headwear is. Yeah, can't catch is. a cold. You know. And, you know, uh, Jake's going to be on the couch because the the, the soon- juices is not all over the place. Yeah, the soon-to-be the soon-to-be <laughs> in-laws are... That now says kitty cat is not yours to have, okay? Not in this house, it ain't, yo. You have to check it before you wreck it. <laughs> I mean, they're a little conservative. 
it's not the best situation and we all know that and oh, so dude <laughs> you know jake is not allowed to unsheathe his sword up in them premises hell no so <laughs> you know <coughs> it's tough to go to columbia missouri and okay that's enough stop please you no know, right it's fine it's fine um og gary they know jake is gonna go <laughs> a lot oh my we God. know these guys are gonna come uh a lot how do you you he knew, you gotta get stroked he knew what he was saying who what quarterback was that i can't remember who that was yeah i don't remember hysterical dakota tubbs jake you better be uh spraying your seminal fluid all over my town many sprays many sprays all right ladies line up on third street um mrs monty says no 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 exactly right no 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 exactly right boston that's why mrs that's what mrs monty said exactly <laughs> aaron wilson i'll gladly uh be flown into slc and co-host for jake now be flown right uh og gary jake is going to slay in kansas city right right mike smith uh jake going to kc to do some bundling <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Brandon Butler, uh, Jake, Jacob, why is the couch sticky? We, well, she will have happened one. Cade McNamara. That was Cade McNamara. Yes, yeah, it I'm was. I'm talking about that. Yes, it was. Oh, Michigan, how you wish you had Cade McNamara. Iowa, how you, nope. All right, let's talk about um, Christmas. When did you guys know that Santa wasn't real? It It, it was... I have memories of believing Santa Claus walked through my living room. Like my parents went through the great effort of like leaving snow tracks on the carpet. And I just remember my, I believe it was my asshole brother who was like, oh, it's not real, dude. Bro, it, what are you talking about, man? Mom bought you those gifts. Santa's not oh, real. Oh, he don't know nothing. I believe that's how I found out. Damn. And I, I have vivid memories as a kid of, of crying telling my mom asshole said it wasn't true and that santa's not real tell me you're at the santa's that you didn't buy those presents <laughs> i remember that conversation i do right i couldn't have been 10 years old <clears throat> we lived in i remember it was in our house in evanston illinois so i don't know how old i was at that point, right i just you know should in here when did you know santa wasn't real about the same age uh, I, nobody ruined it for me like your brother did for you but i i one year i woke up and you know this was before the day and age of cell phones so i just so you're came saying downstairs. you were woke yeah i was woke you know and so i came downstairs and it was only like 11 and i thought it was like 4 a.m and they're like setting everything up and that was when i knew i was like all right thanks you know that's that's when I knew it was it was all a sham. Okay. So, you know. Okay. I not know. ideal. I mean, I I like that. Um, you know, I I listen, my thing is I just don't think we should be telling people that Oh, Santa Santa's coming down the chimney. We all as parents work hard to make a living. I believe the kids should be innocent 
as yeah. long as they can be innocent. Yeah. I'm not telling my kids that Santa's real. I'm not doing it. And I, I, I don't. What is the upside of that? Because it's part of their childhood. Because it's. But because it's baked into our belief system that it's a shoot. It's not. It's not. And and we. I'm a firm believer in this. We need, especially in this day and age, to teach our kids that good things happen when you work hard. And if you are unable to, to let your kids be innocent and enjoy their childhood because they think some fat ass is going to sneak into your house on Christmas Eve and leave fat. presents, I think that's a you problem. Now, am I a Scrooge for this? Probably. Yes, you are. Probably. You are. Yes, you are. Boston Mapes, what the fuck, Monty? You're telling me that little Connor Stallions dressed in red sitting on my shelf every year is a lot. Fine Steeler guy. I don't understand Elf on the shelf. Can somebody explain this to me? I love the, the English child. So clearly she was born into a parent that you're just a degenerate. But you have... This girl, this little girl, she wakes up with marker all over her face. And Elf is sitting on, the Elf is sitting on her nightstand. And her parents are like, look what the Elf did to you. And she's like, I have to go to school. This is not funny. I have to go to school. <laughs> they drew marker on her face. Like, you you are, a, you are not good parents. You're you, a douche. You're not good parents. At that, why is Elf on the Shelf a thing? I, I, and listen, I freely admit that on some level, I was a terrible parent. <laughs> right? What? I fed fat ass sugar and, you know, <laughs> fat. I got him into fat. professional wrestling for a hot fat. second. Okay. I never drew on your face. And I probably should have. I'm a I, man. We never did Elf on the Shelf. We probably should have. No, we did. We did, you know, hit a wiffle ball off your face in the backyard. Oh, that was epic. That was epic. Well, and you got you got redemption at Westminster High School when you hit me I in the did. neck with a line drive. I'm for real. I'm for real. <laughs> you were so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> then the best part was because we played in an adult league together. Yeah. It was his turn to pitch. Uh-huh. And you were terrified. Uh -huh. And I hit a line drive right back between your legs. But because you have a tiny twig and berries, it was no problem. Bro, chill. Um, Damn. But it was. That was amazing. But Scock. that's what childhood should be. Let's go play wiffle ball so I can hit bombs off of you and you can cry. <laughs> I'm good with that. It is what it is. Man, I was so that dad. He, we would play wiffle ball in our backyard. And we had a big backyard at the time. So I used to we, we used to hit wiffle balls towards the house. And the, the gold standard for me was hitting it over the house. <laughs> and, you know, prepubescent Jakey two holes couldn't hit it on the roof at all. So we used to play and he used to pitch and he used to think he was throwing a million miles an hour. And I would just send that ball into to lunar orbit. Like we used to, I used to hit the ball so far that we would get, we would get bills to repair satellites. Right. And like it was, and he would, Stop crying like a little girl. The pain. I'm glad that I'm glad you enjoyed that. You know, 
I did. Mike Smith, uh, I remember dad and uncles getting guns out, getting them ready for hunting, but telling the kids they were going to hunt for Rudolph. God damn. Jesus. Uh, my one uncle shot his dog for too much barking, so we believed it. Wow. Okay, that explains something about the comment section with you, boy. Uh, Brandon Butler, what the F do you mean Santa isn't real? Friendship over. I'm moving to Australia and not sending you. Damn. <laughs> no, I'm moving on. Uh, Jacob Steinbecker, uh, wins bitch again, winning, uh, wins being revoked. Hail to the cheaters. Okay. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe, Christmas of 92. I waited until my grandma was a box of wine deep and asked her if she'd ever found the present under the tree she didn't put there. I had my proof when she said no. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Enderman 8413. This is Maury, the great Floridian son, and my baby sister is in the car with us. Ah, bro, see what I try to tell you, dude. Why? This is what happens. You want to be all, you know, Jimmy High Horse. Oh, we got to be ethical and tell our kids the truth. Santa's real. I'm giving you a fucking answer. Santa's real. (laughs) (laughs) Should probably turn the show off. I mean, you you know. Um, Yeah, you know. It's fine. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Santa is all about manipulating your kids to be good for goodness. (laughs) Now you listen, little Jakey. You're on the naughty list. And I love the kid in England again who's like, I'm not on the naughty list. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely be that that person. Uh, it's not funny. I've got school. It's so good. So good. Brandon Butler proof that, uh, he has never seen Godfather. My kids saw that show by age 10. Wait, does that make me a bad parent? No, no. You die when you get a massage. Uh, Boston Mapes got rid of elf, uh, the elf this year and got Snoop on stoop instead on a stoop. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow, Tanner's still ranting about the Eagles. Oh, please indulge. What 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 negativity can we bring? Not into the true, world Jake. Today? I have been appreciative that they won the NFC title and got to the Super Bowl, but no team is immune to criticism, especially not from Tanner. RSL, look at way out Salt Lake. <laughs> Montiosa ribeye is Mrs. Monty a fan of Santa? She is not. She doesn't believe in anything good. She doesn't believe in anything organic. Well, she only eats organic, but she doesn't believe in, you know, she believes in nothing. Her heart, these people going to heaven. Her heart is black. Her soul is simply dead inside. She did buy me. Oh, unlike you, you prick. My wife bought me the perfect, most thoughtful Christmas. That's how I look at it. I'm kidding. When do I get to divulge what I got you? Well, you didn't give me anything because it's not here, man. When you you can actually, you know, yeah, when you can, uh, you know, produce whatever you got me. My, I printed a picture. <laughs> my wife, my wife got me the most thoughtful, awesome gift. She got me a duffel bag that fits. It, it's based around shoes because you guys know I own a thousand pairs of shoes. She got me a duffel that I can put my shoes in and I wear a size 15 shoe. Stay hard. And I can fit my size 15 shoes in this bag. Right. And they have compartments just for shoes. Like it's a, an amazing gift. OG Gary, I got suspended. What? I don't trust you, boy. I got suspended from elementary school for pulling Santa's beard. 
It was my principal, and I was out of school for a week. Damn. I like it. Uh, Jacob Steinecker, Santa is real like Donald Douche is going to be real. <laughs> Not today. Don't, please. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, ain't happening, Jacob Steinecker. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Giggity. To be fair, Maury probably should have changed the channel when talking about Jake going again. <laughs> oh, my God. Just like that. Oh. <laughs> so true. Oh, my God. Deliric, my aunt one year put coal in my cousin's stocking. Damn. I like it. Monty Ozariba, my elf on the shelf needs Monty merch. God, 2024. It is what it is. Got to be a big year. Maybe a little Monty shirt. I, I a sleeveless hoodie. Uh Jacob Steinecker, can you throw back a bucked up? We already did. And you should throw back a bucked up mm. every single day, man. Make sure you get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to save 20% off at checkout. Appreciate that. I will take nine months for Jake's gift. It will take nine months for Jake's gift to arrive for Monty and Mrs. Monty. See what he did there? Because it takes nine months to produce a baby. A lot. And so he's saying that's a gift. And, you know. Giggity. Now, let, let me tell, tell you what now. Uh, Jake, just play the quote, I got the best gift for you ever, but turns out it was a scam card. <laughs> you know what the problem is? The problem is he got a Scotty Cameron putter. I actually you know, physically handed him a Scotty Cameron putter. <coughs> I actually do the right, things that right. need to, uh, OG Gary says, daddy. Oh. Wow. Okay. Wow, bro. Okay. Wow. Um, and before we bail out of here for the year, what does 2024 mean to you? Dude, 2024 is a big year for us. Speaking of things like merch and growth on the show and, it's a big year for us. It is It is the year. I mean, we had a phenomenal year this year, like adding all of our subscribers, adding memberships and revenues and partnerships. And this is a huge year for us. 2024 is probably the biggest year in our business yet. It is that important. And it, it is, to me, it's a year of significant growth. And I'm excited. 2024 has a lot of things to be excited about. And I am, mm, I'm super stoked about it. Yeah, I think 2024 is is um, hopefully, in terms of the world, hopefully a better year. I think 2023 was a little rough, so hopefully 2024 is a little better. Uh, the show is is continually growing, um, but we need to we need to up that up a little bit. We need to be a little more aggressive, um, you know, with things like merch and otherwise. Um, you know, but yeah, 2024 is, is, there's no question. It's, 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 it's a big year and to I'm be excited fair, though. The merch thing is it's going to happen one way or the other. Cause we've been waiting on a partnership and that is merch related. So just, you know, it is what it is. And, and then there's Preston, which comes first, Monty merch or bears championship. Damn, bro. Damn. <laughs> That's one of your best comments Why? ever right there. Why? Why say hurtful things? Uh, Steinecker, uh, Uno reverse card, Jake. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. Jake is a prolific Uno player. Yeah. My wife does not want to play Uno with us anymore. <laughs> um, Was it the plus fives? <laughs> Monty, what did you get, Mrs. Monty? I got her a... Uh, a pair of Bombas <laughs> slippers. <laughs> Actually, two pairs. Um, but we're in this thing where we're not buying each other gifts. We're experiencing things together. Like she booked us around to golf in LA. 
Um, we have an entire year of travel booked already for 2024. Um, you know, it, it is, we're in a different place. You, you learn quickly that you need to collect memories, not items. And so I bought her some Bombas slippers because she's a big slipper foot cover person. Um, you know, like I think Jake got her an incredibly thoughtful gift that I'm not going to say now. Um, but he probably won't have it in time anyway, so it doesn't no, matter. I've already got it and it's wrapped. Oh, so you have her gift, but you don't have mine. That's right. I'll just go mm, myself. That's, That's right. Fine. That's, That's fine. right. Stay hard. It's fine. Right. Uh, Jay Brannon. Thank you for the fun and conversation. See you next year. Love you guys. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Dakota Tubbs. That means hitting the like button casuals. Yes, please. Um, always appreciate when you guys hit the like button. OG Gary, 24 is going to be huge. I cannot wait. Potential graduation, big money promotion. I can feel it in my bowels, uh, in my bulls. It's going to be my year, especially capitalizing on potential recession. Let's get it. That's what I'm saying. I think you're going to be disappointed in the recession. Maury Alvarez for $1.99. Can I get a shout out uh, for my son Ammon's birthday? Happy birthday, Ammon. Yeah, happy birthday, bro. Appreciate you very much. Appreciate you, Maury. Uh, only 46 likes hit the like button. Yes, please. That would be great. Wasikowski says Lions Super Bowl. Good luck getting through San Francisco. Happy birthday, Ammon. Happy birthday, Ammon. OG Gary. Happy birthday, Ammon St. Maury. <laughs> Mrs. Monty says happy birthday, Ammon. Monty owes a ribeye. Which comes first? Teddy's ribeye or Monty's merch? Ask Teddy, man. Yeah, we're not making any changes. And... <laughs> Uh, Aaron Wilson says $5 for the advocates. Congratulations to OG Gary and Maury for winning our Amazon gift cards today. Can, who's going to have the last comment of the year on the program? Can I get like, can I get a great comment to end the comment section on, on, on the show? Now, having said that we will have every day, you will get a brand new best of, um, we will be back January 3rd. Mm-hmm. By then, James Larden will probably have have scored more points for the Clippers, and I'll tell you, I told Fat. you so. Fat. Um, I am guessing the Bears will have not won another game. Hopefully, that's not what we're about. And I am guessing that Connor Bedard will probably still be banging your mom. So, you know. Okay. OG Gary, I'm not expecting a hard landing. I think medium landing. I don't think it's going to be a terrible reset. I think 2024 is going to be a get back year for the economy. We're going to see rate cuts. I think people will start buying houses again. You know, <laughs> Mike Chase, have a phenomenal trip. Don't hit the water hazards too much. Dude, can't wait to golf. Huge rounds of golf coming up. Monty, show Christmas presents for fans. Special locked on Christmas podcast. Dude. Show. Stop. What's up, big bro? Oh, uh, whoa, whoa. Uh, let's see. Wasikowski, Donnie, twenty twenty four. Yeah, to the Knicks. Don't Donnie to the Knicks. <laughs> uh, the Monty <laughs> Show is always presented by the Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Um, thank you to the Advocates for a great year. Best injury attorneys in the business. Thank you to Bucked Up for a great year. <laughs> Appreciate you guys supporting the show at TridayTrading.com. SoundSleepMedical.com slash Monty. Don't be embarrassed about your snoring. Take care of your sleep apnea. 
soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty until January 3rd. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.